And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our prayer is to be soaked in the good news. And uh, we're so glad that you all are here. We're glad to have the kids in here. If you have your booklets, your study guides, I would encourage you to get those out and to take notes there. If you did not, that's okay. Uh, but there, you might want to get out something to take a, little, a few notes on because we're going to do a little bit of homework today. But it's going to be fun homework. It's going to be good homework to help us be soaked, like overwhelmed with the gospel, with the good news. So Matthew 28 tells us what our mission in life is. Jesus, right before he ascends to the heavens, uh, has his disciples around. Some of, some of the people there it already says we're doubting, but Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the day. Do you hear the soaked language there? Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like completely soaked in the good news and in Jesus to change the world. And so the mission is you make disciples. You make disciples. That's for everybody. Did you hear me? That's the mission. Make disciples. And disciples are people who follow Jesus. And discipleship, this is the little definition we've been giving to it that I really like, is discipleship is going from unbelief to belief in every area of life. So in the area of salvation, if you used to think, I can save myself, discipleship is helping someone realize, no, 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 only Jesus can save you. But it doesn't just stop there. Because maybe in the area of family, you've been thinking, like, this is how I want to do family stuff. But discipleship is helping you believe how God wants you to be a husband or a wife or a child or a friend or a parent. And, and maybe uh, you have this unbelief in how God tells you to manage your finances and you're doing it your own way. But discipleship is learning to view money God's way. So with every area of life, God wants to take us from unbelief to belief that his word is good news for us. And so their discipleship is a lifelong process. In the first couple sermons, we talked about how God um, uh, saves us and justifies us. And, and last week, we talked about how he has adopted us into his family. So we're family together. And then he sanctifies us. It's that big word for becoming more and more like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we become more and more like him. So we want to be soaked in all of this good news. And hear me say this. Making disciples is not just for the professionals. Okay? That's one of the biggest lies that Satan has tricked the American church into believing. That you, you pay somebody and it's their job to make disciples, but we... We will give some offerings so that we don't have to. It's their job. Mm -mm. Jesus says it's everybody's job to make disciples. 
and, and you certainly have church leaders and others, but it, one of their big jobs is to equip people to help make disciples and to help teach and to help them learn and to help them grow, not so that they can only do it, but so that everybody can do it. Everybody's job is to make disciples. If you are breathing and you believe in Jesus, that's your job. That's the mission. That's it. Everything else in life kind of fits somewhere underneath that. Make disciples. So how can we be soaked in the good news without really knowing how or being comfortable or feeling led to help other people know the good news? Because if, if we're fully soaked, head to toe in the good news, then we're going to help other people be soaked in the good news as well. And that's just helping make disciples. That's telling people. So uh, I know some of you, even when I'm saying these words, you're getting like a knot in your stomach because this is something you're like, I, I don't do that well. Uh, or I struggle, or I feel embarrassed, or uh, I'm not sure how to do this whole make disciples thing. And I want you to take a breath. It's okay. But we're going to help you. And we're going to spend a lot of time helping you. If you're in a small group, you're going to get a lot of help there. And the next three weeks are going to kind of build off each other. And so all these three weeks are going to work together. And here's what we're going to do. By the time you leave today, you're going to understand God's story. Okay? If, if you're in a part of a small group or take this home, you're going to really, really understand it. But you're going to understand God's story. By the time next week is over, you're going to understand how do I listen for God's story in the lives of other people so that I can see where God wants to work in their lives. And by the third week, you're going to be comfortable, or at least becoming comfortable, and understanding how to share your story in light of God's story. Okay? So all three of these are going to build on one another, and if you're feeling like this is not something I'm great at, you've come to the right place, because we're going to spend three weeks, and then we're going to spend more time coming back to this, and I just encourage everyone to kind of lean into this. If you're uh, in elementary uh, age. If you're here, this is for you too, okay? Some of what we're doing today is just for you. And if you're an adult and you've been a Christian for years and years and years, this is for you as well. This is for all of us. So, here's the truth. The story you believe will, will guide your life. The story you believe will guide your life. I, I uh, was playing ball with a friend a while back, and I had just gotten to know him and he began to share his story with me. And he told me how he was afraid to have kids for a long time. And I asked him why, and he said, I was afraid to have kids because I was afraid I would be a father like my father was. And my father abused me and was terrible to me and was like the worst example of a father anyone could ever have. And so I was scared to death that I would be the same kind of father. So I just didn't want to have kids. And I realized when I was talking to him that he had a story in his life, right? That the story was, my father was never a dad to me. My father never loved me. And so therefore, that's the story that's going to dominate my life the rest of the way. Because I'm probably going to be like that. My kids will be like that. Thankfully, God is doing some work in him to where he doesn't believe that that has to be his primary story. But you might have a story like that. And it keeps kind of crippling you from moving to where God wants you to go. Our friend uh, Micah has told us of working with a people group in Southeast Asia. And this whole group of people, millions of people, had one story about God. And it had been passed down for generations. And here's the story. The story was 
that years ago, there was a vine that went up to heaven. And you could climb the vine up into the clouds and see God and talk to God. And so people used to go and they used to talk to God. This is the whole story that they all believed. But there was this little boy who kept going up and spending so much time with God that he never did his chores. And his mom became so frustrated and said, you can't go up there anymore. But he kept going up there. And she was so mad that one day she came and she took her axe and she chopped the vine down. And the people have not heard from God ever since. There's millions of people who believe that's the story of them and God. Do you think that has had implications and, and, and bad stuff for their lives? Absolutely. There's darkness. There's this hopelessness of like, we just don't know God. We, we never get to have God. See, the story you believe will guide your life. So if you believe there is no God, or if you believe the vine got chopped down, or you believe that your bad earthly father determines your future, that story will guide your life. But if you believe the true story of God, then that story will change your life. And I just want to tell you real quickly what that big story is. It's got four really big themes to it. It starts with creation. Because everyone was created in the image of God. And that means you're valuable and your friends are valuable and your enemies are valuable. Everyone was created in the image of God and God created things perfectly. However, mankind sinned. And we think of Adam and Eve, but you ought to also think of your own life. And I should think of my own life. We have sinned. And that sin led leads to fall and to brokenness and to separation from God. But God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to redeem us, to save us, to say, I love you and I care for you. I'm going to make a way for you. And that way was made through Jesus dying on a cross. He showed his love to us to pay for our sins so that we can be restored back to God brought back to God. That's the story of the Bible. If you want to read it as just one big story, you can. From Genesis to Revelation, that's it. By the way, almost every good movie ever written follows that exact same plot line. You watch them. They all do, right? Everything's okay. Something goes wrong. Somebody has to rescue them so that it can be okay again, right? And I think that that story kind of makes sense to us because God, it's God's story. It's the story that he keeps drawing us back to. And so uh, what we've been doing with the study guides, and we have more out there if you don't have one yet, but what we've been doing with them is I'm trying to prepare you on Sundays to study your Bible the rest of the week so that we'll kind of make sense to you and you'll be looking for things. And we've already read through the book of Romans. Good job if you did that. If you did not, jump in with the book of Acts with us tomorrow. We start Acts chapter 1. And as you're reading through the book of Acts over the next several weeks, we'll take a couple weeks to, to read through it, just start looking for what is the story of God? And if you have your Bibles, go and turn to the book of Acts. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and they all tell the story of Jesus. We call those the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the very next book in your Bible is Acts. And it tells the story of how the Holy Spirit uh, brought about the church and led the church and sent out missionaries all over the world and brought people to Jesus and figured out how they could work together and love one another and deal with hard topics and hard issues and they face persecution. But it's the story of the Holy Spirit working through the church. So uh, Acts is a great place for us to look and say, hey, how did they tell the story? And I, I, 
I just took uh, the time to read through the book of Acts a while back and just look down, look at how they always communicated the story. And when they would preach or teach, they would, they would sometimes start with creation or maybe a lot of times they would kind of build a bridge with them and say, hey, um, I understand this about you or I know that you believe this as well. But then they would take them to, but the fall, you sinned, we're broken, uh, we're in trouble. And then they would say, but Jesus died for our sins so that you can be saved and so that you can be restored. And you see that same story over and over and over every time the, the apostles are preaching through the whole book. So when you're reading through Acts this week, you'll see several times where they give speeches or they give talks or where they're about to die and it's like their last words and you'll hear this story come out a number of different times. So in Acts chapter 2 is where Peter preaches this monumental sermon. It's really kind of like the, the beginning of the church. It's the first big sermon preached since Jesus, and uh, hardly anybody really understands what's about to happen here, but God does this miraculous stuff, and Peter, um, you know, the people who were there were Jews, and so he starts back in the Old Testament. That would have been their Bible, and so they were kind of with him, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about him in the Old Testament. I, I believe God did this, but then Peter gets to this point where he kind of drops the hammer on him, and if you look in um, uh, verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far, far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That's you and me, right? All who are far off. That's us who came after that. And so Peter says, hey, um, you, you killed Jesus. And Peter would say to us, your sins are, are why Jesus had to die. But God loves you so much that Jesus died for you and you can be restored back to him. So repent and be baptized, he says here. And, and, and you can have the gift of the Holy Spirit and your sins are forgiven. In John 3, uh, Jesus says, believe. In Romans, it says, confess. And we don't need to like leave out any of those or say one is way more important than the others, but we just look and say, okay, we give our lives. We're baptized in the good news. We say, I'm all in, Jesus, to you. So we see this again and again, and there's... A, a really cool way of sharing the good news that's helpful. This is not, this little diagram is not in the Bible. However, the story of it and the truth of it is in the Bible a lot. And so some of you are familiar with what we call the three circles. And all of our students are like, yeah, because our students have, have done this more than we have, and we should take a cue from them. So you're going to want to maybe take a few little notes in this but Corbin, can we go ahead and pull up that first slide here? And I wanted to have a big whiteboard, but it probably wouldn't be big enough, and I can't draw circles. So I just did this. Um, if, if you have something to take notes on, just do these three big things. You've got in circle number one is the far top left, creation. And then circle number two over there on the right says brokenness, and down here says uh, Jesus. And so... 
Uh, we're going to show you if we can. We're going to show you a quick video of one way that you could talk through this with other people and just listen to how they present it. And and I might present it slightly different than they do, but uh, you'll kind of catch this. So if we can go ahead and play this video, then this little diagram will make a little bit more sense. Okay, go ahead. So we live in this world, and it's characterized by brokenness. We don't have to look very hard to see there are things like disease, disasters, wars. There's a lot of pain in this world, but this is not God's original design. God has a perfect design. And the way that we have gotten ourselves into brokenness is through something that the Bible calls sin. Sin is turning away from God's design and pursuing our own way. And that leads us to brokenness. Brokenness eventually leads us to death. And this death will separate us from God forever. But God doesn't want us to stay in brokenness. So he's made a way out. And that way is Jesus. Jesus comes and he enters into our brokenness. And the death that we deserve for pursuing brokenness, Jesus takes our place and dies on a cross. And his body is broken for us. And three days after he dies, he rose from the dead and he made a way out of brokenness. And people try many things to get out of brokenness. Things like religion, things like success or relationships, education or drugs and alcohol. But none of these things can get us out of brokenness. The only way out is Jesus. And if we turn from our sin and believe that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead, we can leave brokenness and grow in a relationship with God and pursue His design. And more than that, we can go. We can be sent, just like Jesus, back into brokenness to help others come through Him to pursue God's design. Now, there's two types of people in the world. There are people that are pursuing God's design, and there's people that are still in brokenness. We have to ask ourselves, where are we? So, where do you think you are? Okay, so uh, if we can just go back to the slide that I've got, Corbin, with all of this, the last slide with the pictures, um, that would be perfect. Uh, I use a little bit different language than maybe did. But do you need to take a four-hour college course to understand that, to learn it? No. Actually, if you do it a couple times, you kind of got it. And, and so I want to encourage you to practice this this week as a way to sharing the gospel, as a way to sharing the good news. Um, we'd be glad to send you this video or be glad to show you how we kind of go through this. Um, but again, this is a tool for sharing the good news. And here's what we know for sure. When you have a moment that someone says, man, I feel broken, or I don't know what to do, or uh, why, why is it that you have hope in this situation? Then you have these openings and these opportunities, and if we believe in Jesus, we have to be able to know how to share the gospel with somebody. Okay, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's okay if you trip on your words and stutter a little bit and say, oh, let me erase that and go back. That's okay. But, but we need to be able to share the good news with people, and this isn't the only way. And so, Jay, if you want to jump up here, um, uh, even uh, across the world in different places, uh, there are, and you can just jump and use that right there. That we'll have that mic on in a second. Uh, there are ways to share the good news that are a little bit different than this, and maybe even if you don't have paper, they were like, well, how would I do it if I didn't have paper? Well, you're going to hear, I'm going to have you just kind of teach me, teach us, 
um, a way that you've used, and you don't need to try to write all this down quite yet, but you may want to later, and I think if you just watch, you'll kind of remember, but you'll notice it's a little bit different than this, but it's actually kind of the same. So can you just kind of share with us how you have, have taught this some? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is, this is a tool. What I'm about to show you is, is what we use uh, in the country that I live, uh, what we train new believers in the country that I live, uh, what we train people if they're coming over uh, just to engage the unreached people who have never heard about Jesus. Uh, we use this. And so uh, we, uh, Christ used a lot of experiential learning. And that's what we think uh, people learn the best with, visual and experiential. And so it's going to, I want full participation from everyone here. Brian's going to participate along too. We're going to be using our hand. Uh, so get your hand uh, useful. Everyone just follow what Brian does. Uh, but I'm going to kind of walk him through what, what this would look like. And I need both my hands. So uh, actually I might be able to do it like this. You can so, put it in there if you want, whatever. <clears throat> how I would just introduce myself, I would walk up say, hey, my name's Jordan, Jay, messed that one up, uh, but uh, I, eight years ago, uh, something just changed my life, and I would love to share with you that story of how that happened uh, really briefly. Would you be interested in hearing that? They say yes, and then I'm, I'm in. So, Brian, this is how I would share. Okay. Uh, this part of my hand is going to represent the world, and this part of my hand is going to represent God. This part of my hand is going to represent mankind. Uh, and I know it's kind of funny you know, that we're here holding up our hands, uh, but this really helps me understand this story that changed my life. Uh, in the beginning, right, God created the world perfectly. But as we see the world today, there's brokenness. We see a lot of war and famine, but that's not how God's design originally was. It was for the world to be perfect. And God made man very different than he made the world. He made man to be in perfect relationship with him. But in the beginning, man sinned. And that's why brokenness entered the world. And when man sinned, that separation from God occurred and brokenness entered the world. But God doesn't desire for man to stay in brokenness forever. And so he has devised a plan. And that plan is to send Jesus, his perfect son, to come into brokenness, to live a perfect life, to redeem man, not just to live a perfect life, but to then die on the cross for the sins of man. And not just to die, but to be buried in a tomb and three days later to rise again, defeating sin and death and providing a way for man to get back to God. And the Bible says that if man trusts in Jesus, repents and believes in him, that Jesus, because of his power and what he accomplished on the cross, will come and clean man of their sin and restore them back into relationship with God. So there's really two types of people in the world, those that are still in brokenness and those that have been restored. Those that have been in brokenness try a lot of things to get back to God, to do good things, maybe to run from the pain of brokenness by staying in, in their, their sin or um, Uh, going and and doing things they know might numb the pain, trying to find success. But really, only one thing will work, and that's Christ and trusting in him to restore us back into that. So where would you say you are at? Are you in brokenness, or have you been restored through Christ? That's pretty cool, isn't it? All right? Um, Do do you think that, like, we're not going to do this right now, but do you think that if you had to right now to like walk people through that, you could kind of get through it? Maybe, maybe not. 
the younger people feel more optimistic than the older people do, I just noticed. So adults, yep. come on. So, uh, um, but do you think that's something you could learn or learning how to draw and do, the, and do that and share that? It's the same story, though. Did you catch that? It's the same story that I shared uh, that we have on the circles that's here. Um, you had a story about this, so that was kind of cool. Can you share that with us? Uh, yeah, so uh, this is, like I said, this is what we use uh, in the, the country that we live. And uh, I was sharing it with a guy on a plane and w- walking through it, and he was like, wow, I'm never going to forget that. And I was like, really, why is that? He goes, unless I lose both my hands. But every time I see my hand, I'm going to remember this story. And I was just really shocked by that. Because it was an experience for him, and, and the reason why I knew it was an experience, I go, what was your favorite part? And he goes, he goes, this part. And he actually didn't say what that part was, and then he goes, when Christ, you know, wipes away our sin. And I knew that he, that had connected with him on such a deeper level, and, you know, maybe he later, he didn't come to faith in that moment, but maybe later down the road as he was picking something up off the ground, and, and in that, got something on his thumb, and he just wipes it off, maybe that was the seed that was playing in for him to say, wait, I need to follow Christ to be restored back into that relationship. And so it's really powerful. These tools, they seem maybe childish, uh, but, but really uh, I've, I've showed this to people who have maybe heard the gospel their whole life. They said, I've never actually understood why, how that all fits together because of a simple, just holistic understanding that's both visual, experiential, uh, much like the, the, the drawing you guys are going to be learning. And so I just wanted to encourage you in that. And the more that you practice your tool, uh, the more that you will be freed up to not have to wonder what are you going to be saying, but to really focus on the person and hearing the person where they are in their brokenness. Uh, and so just want to encourage you in this. This is an incredible just thing that you guys are doing. So, Okay. Give Jay a hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we're going to make these resources available. If, uh, you get to, if you get to meet with a small group, you can do that. If you don't, you can uh, uh, contact me, and I'll send you the stuff that I sent to all of our small group leaders that kind of teaches this, if you need to kind of go through it again. And we'll be talking about it again the next couple weeks. Um, but before we, before we leave today, I want to just share one more thing that we're going to keep talking about, and that's this next question. That's maybe the question in your head. It's like, okay, maybe I've got it, but who do I share this with? Like, how, like, how do I know what people need to hear this? And I want to just encourage you to start thinking about one really simple thing. Who are the people kind of leaning into friendship with you? Okay? If you just begin to ask that question of like, when, you walk, when you're walking around it, uh, the neighborhood, is there somebody that always kind of waves at you? Or at work, is there somebody that kind of picks your brain sometime about, like, what would you think about this? Or just seems to be kind to you? Or when, uh, on, the, on the kids' ball team, when you encourage someone, is there someone that really kind of eats those words of encouragement up? Like, just begin thinking and praying about who are the people in your life that just kind of leaning into you a little bit. We're going to unpack that idea a lot more next week, but be praying and thinking because the people leaning into you, and they might lean into you like immediately, like on an airplane ride. Or it may take a while for them to begin leaning into you. But as soon as they start leaning into you, Jesus would say, you camp out right there with them and, and you, uh, you just soak them in the good news. Okay? That's how, that's how Jesus would tell us to do that. If people are like pushing you away, then Jesus is like, okay, that's okay, go away. You know, be kind to them and move away. But if they're leaning into you, just think about that. 
That's the people you want to be telling. And so um, I want to close our time this morning by just asking you this question that was asked a couple of different ways, but it needs to be asked of you too. God created this world perfectly. We've, we sinned and it's led to all sorts of brokenness. And because of that brokenness we can't get away from, Jesus has come to save us. And because he died on the cross and rose again, we can be restored back to God and then sent with a mission back to the broken world. And so in that story, where are you? And I want to ask you that question, where are you? Are you still in brokenness? Or maybe have you found Jesus, but you haven't got on mission yet to go back to tell people? And if either of those are your answers, then we want to really encourage you to seek God today. Because God's plan for your life is to be restored to him and then to be on mission to go back to those who are broken. And so we're going to sing a song. And while we're singing that, or even once the service is done uh, this morning, we would just invite you to come up uh, to the front over here or right up here. And uh, we have some folks that would be glad to pray with you and to talk with you. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe even today's going to be the day that you move from brokenness to being restored to God. And that would be a beautiful thing. So if you would, would you stand up and, and let me pray for us? Lord, we, we thank you that you will rescue us from brokenness. And we pray for anyone who's feeling broken, who's in that brokenness today, and who needs to be restored, that today would be their day. Now would be their moment that they would say yes to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.